For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part three of the series. So the purpose of creation would be realized when there's a covenant that was made with the beginning. This covenant was made at Mount Sinai, and in making this covenant, the Creator, Yeshua the Messiah, entered into a marriage covenant with his bride, the nation of Israel, at Mount Sinai. And this relationship was based upon Yeshua's bride following and keeping his Torah, which the Torah is precise in the Garden of Eden as a tree of life. So we see the spiritual picture of the purpose of creation. We see the spiritual picture of the deeper meaning of the marriage of Adam and Eve in the garden. It personifies the marriage between Messiah and his people, Messiah and his bride. And we're going to see that Abraham is going to represent or personify the calling of Yeshua's bride to leave the world, the world system, to to leave Babylon and to follow the voice or the leading of Yeshua, who is going to be the bridegroom of Yeshua's bride, of which Abraham personifies. So the bride of Yeshua is called out of the world, called out of Babylon. And the Greek word for being called out is ecclesia or ecclesia. And so the bride of Messiah is called out of Babylon, called out of Egypt, called out of the world and seeks to follow after Yeshua, who is the bridegroom of his bride. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. So what is happening here when actually it's Yeshua who is commissioning Abraham, who's going to personify and represent Yeshua's bride, to leave your country, your kindred, and your father's house. This is your known world. This is your world of comfort. So the bride is being asked to leave a place of comfort, to leave the known 
known for the unknown. And a female desires that she have security. It's one of her greatest needs in life is to feel a sense of security. So the very act of asking Abraham, who represents Yeshua's bride, to leave what's familiar with her is going to cause her to feel insecure. It's going to cause her to feel uncomfortable. So therefore, in order for her to accept and say yes, it's going to require that she trust him. And biblical trust is called faith. But in order to give her encouragement to choose this walk of faith, a promise is going to be made to her. And this promise is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I'll bless those that bless you and curse him that curses you, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so the world will be blessed through and when Yeshua is dwelling with his bride and we have the administration of God's government on the earth and the administration of his government for all eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. So we see here that Abraham personifying or representing the bride of Yeshua, she says yes to the invitation. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And here we see the bride of Yeshua accepting the invitation. And so the bride is called out of the world, the world system, the world's ways. And the world, the world system, the world's ways is personified in the scriptures as Egypt is personified as Babylon. In Revelation chapter 18, verse 2, it is written, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. In Revelation 18, verse 4, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partaker of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. So Babylon, the kingdom of darkness, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is going to be judged. And therefore, the God of Israel wants his people to not be a part of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Babylon and the world's system. However, living in this world through the desires of the flesh and through the carnal mind and through the influence of our five physical senses, which Paul explained in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, that the carnal mind, which is associated with our five physical senses, that it is an enemy of God, and it's not subject or it does not obey the Torah of God. So the carnal mind, which is an enemy of God, that doesn't follow the Torah of God, as Paul explains in Romans 8, 7, that it is associated with those who walk after the flesh in Romans 8, 8, Paul said that those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So just as Abraham was called out of where he lived, which he literally physically lived in Ur of the Chaldees, which today that area is called or referred to as Babylon, we see the spiritual picture that the bride of Yeshua is called out of this world, the ways of this world, that the bride of Yeshua is called out of Babylon, but initially she's dwelling in Babylon with Babylon. 
Babylon. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 7, deliver yourself, O Zion, which is a term for the bride of Messiah spiritually, that dwells with the daughter of Babylon. So we can see that Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel from Isaiah chapter 51 verse 16. Say unto Zion, you are my people. And we can see how Zion is associated with the bride of Yeshua. Isaiah chapter 62 verse 1. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. And speaking of Zion, it goes on to say in Isaiah 62 verse 5, for as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. So who's he rejoicing over? He's rejoicing over Zion. Zion is called Jerusalem. Zion in Jerusalem spiritually is the people of God, and it's a term for the bride of Yeshua. And so Zion, Jerusalem, the bride of Yeshua is who Yeshua is going to rejoice over and marry. And next, we need to see that in Abraham being called out of Ur of the Chaldees, or being called out of Babylon, that it's actually Yeshua who is doing this, and it's actually Yeshua who is calling Abraham out of Babylon. It's Yeshua that makes covenant with Abraham. And the covenant that he makes with Abraham is going to be likened unto a marriage covenant. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, Paul writes, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He doesn't say seeds as of many, but as of one into your seed, which is Messiah. So when Paul writes to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he doesn't say seeds. He's referring back to and making a point of Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, as it is written, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations. So Paul makes a point that Genesis 17, 7 doesn't say seeds, but seed. And he says the seed is Messiah. That Abraham is making a covenant with Messiah. And then he says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, that if you are Messiah, so how do I become Messiah? Well, I become Messiah when I repent of my sins and receive Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of my sins. And I confess with my mouth that Yeshua is my Savior and Lord, and then I become a part of his covenant family. And that covenant is associated with a marriage covenant. So whenever I repent of my sins, accept Yeshua as my Messiah and receive his shed blood for the forgiveness of my sins, then I enter into a marriage covenant relationship with Yeshua. So now I'm in covenant with Yeshua, but it was Yeshua that made covenant with Abraham. When I am in covenant with Yeshua, I also inherit his family. I also inherit being in covenant with who he's in covenant with because I'm in covenant with Yeshua. So his covenant with others extends to me. And so that is how in Yeshua, I am able to be, as Paul explained, to be an heir of the promises that was made to Abraham. And so we can further see how Abraham was offered by Yeshua to be his bride from Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, as it is written. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am Almighty God, walk. Now, walk is in a phrase that's going to make a reference to the deeper spiritual meaning as following the Torah. Walk before me, follow my Torah, 
Torah can be thou, and the King James says perfect. But the word perfect in Hebrew does not mean that you never make a mistake. The Hebrew word that is translated as perfect is the word tamim. It's the Strong's number 8549 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And one of the ways in which the King James translates tamim is being without blemish. In the dictionary meaning of tamim, it says it means to be without blemish, without spot. It means to be whole. It means to be complete. In essence, it means to be spiritually mature. And so now we're going to show you where this word tamim is translated as without blemish in Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. Regarding the Passover lamb, it says your lamb shall be without blemish, which once again, tamim means to be spiritually mature, without blemish, whole, complete, without spot. We can see that the word tamim is translated as undefiled, and it's associated with following the Torah. In Psalm 119, verse 1, as it is written, blessed are the undefiled, blessed are the tamim in the way who walk in the Torah of the Lord. So the tamim walk in the Torah, and Abraham was asked of Yeshua in Genesis 17, verse 1, to walk before me and be tamim, to be spiritually mature. In Psalm 101, verse 6, it is written, he that walks in a tamim way, he shall serve me. Now, a characteristic of the bride of Yeshua is she is to love him with her whole heart. In Psalm 119, verse 34, it is written, give me understanding and I will keep your Torah. The subject is following the Torah. Keep the Torah, walking in the Torah. Yes, I will observe it with my whole heart. So you're supposed to follow the Torah with your whole heart. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37, Yeshua said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. The way you love the Lord your God with all your heart is to endeavor, to seek, to pursue, to walk after, and to keep his Torah. Because we cannot do it in our own ability, in our own understanding, in our own wisdom and knowledge, in order to really follow his Torah with our whole heart properly, we need Yeshua's Spirit to help us to accomplish the task and the goal. And we are commanded to be as Abraham, to be tamim, to be spiritually mature, whole, complete, without blemish, without spot. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 13, it is written, you shall be tamim with the Lord your God. In Psalm 18 verse 25 it is written with the merciful you will show yourself merciful with the tamim you will show yourself tamim so the people of the God of Israel are commanded like Abraham to be tamim to be spiritually mature and a characteristic of one who is spiritually mature they will seek to follow the Torah and to follow the Torah with all their hearts and they will live their lives to do the will of the God of Israel and in service to him and his kingdom now the bride of Messiah in having a pure heart is also to have clean hands. So clean hands represents the things that you do. So what we do is supposed to be done with pure heart and pure motive. Psalm 24 verses 3 and 4. Who will ascend under the hill of the Lord? And what is the hill of the Lord where we're to ascend to? It's to Mount Zion. So who will ascend to Mount Zion, which is an alternative name for Jerusalem, which is the city of the bride, and who will stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and and a pure heart. In Psalm 15 verses 1 and 2, we see the same question.
question. Who will abide in your tabernacle? Who will dwell in your holy hill in Mount Zion? And the answer is he that walks uprightly. And so the King James uprightly is the Hebrew word tamim. And so who's going to make it to Mount Zion? He that is tamim. And so he that is spiritually mature dwells in Mount Zion. Mount Zion is a term for Jerusalem. It's the city of the bride and you're dwelling in the holy of holies. And so the bride of Messiah is characteristically spiritually mature and without blemish. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So once again we're commanded to be holy and without blemish. The bride of Messiah has the spiritual characteristic of being tamim without blemish. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27. That he Yeshua might present it that is his bride to be a glorious congregation not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but it should be holy and without blemish. And so ultimately we're going to see a repeated pattern that just as a marriage took place in the garden between Adam and Eve and then they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and were expelled we see that in this world we wrestle with our flesh to overcome the flesh and the desires of our flesh and so when Abraham was called out of Ur the Chaldees called out of Babylon and to follow and say yes to the invitation of Yeshua Abraham representing the bride of Yeshua Yeshua representing the bridegroom of the bride so the bridegroom makes a invitation to the bride Abraham the bride says yes and so therefore she follows him that ultimately in following him and seeking to pursue and to complete and to maintain this relationship we see that in our struggle with the world with our flesh with the ways of the world that Abraham is going to go to Egypt which represents the world and the world system and so this is going to personify the breaking of the covenant the breaking of the marriage relationship even as Adam and Eve sinned by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden in Genesis chapter 15 verses 12 through 14 it is written and when the sun was going down a deep sleep and as we explained earlier represents spiritual slumber which is departing from the Torah fell upon Adam and lo a whore of great darkness that's going to spiritually represent great darkness is going to represent being exiled in the nations of the world and he said to Abram know for surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land that is not theirs that from breaking the covenant that there will be a separation there will be an exile in the nations and because of the breaking of the covenant and the breaking of a marriage covenant is associated with desiring another husband and so in desiring another husband you're going to seek to marry or follow after another so you're going to serve them which spiritually means to disobey Torah and they will afflict them 400 years and that nation whom they serve will I judge and this is going to be associated with the judgment of the nations or if you go after another god or you follow after the flesh or if you follow after Egypt that there's going to be a price to pay for following after the flesh the wages of sin is death and so 
sin and death is going to be judged. And that nation whom they serve will I judge. And afterward, they will come out with great substance, that is, through repentance. And so we see how Abram being called out of Ur, the Chaldees of Babylon is a spiritual picture of Messiah who called Abraham out that it represents being called out of the world and the world's system and follow Yeshua and enter into a marriage covenant with him. And faithfulness to that marriage is following his Torah. But because we can't do it in our own ability, we need his spirit to be faithful to him, to follow his Torah by his spirit, but ultimately we break the covenant. And so what happens following the covenant being made with Abraham, that as was prophesied, Abraham's descendants are going to go to Egypt. Now, when they go to Egypt, they're going to then tell Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt, they're going to tell Pharaoh, we are here. And in being here, we are going to be your servants. We're going to serve you, Pharaoh. So what's happening here is that that marriage that took place between uh, Yeshua and Abraham that there's going to be a departing from that marriage relationship we see a spiritual picture that there's going to be the serving of other gods. And so in Genesis chapter 47, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And they said to Pharaoh, To sojourn in the land are we come, for your servants have no pasture for their flocks. For the famine is great in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray, let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And so in Egypt, Pharaoh was worshipped as a god. So when they told Pharaoh that we're your servants, spiritually what's going on is they're leaving the covenant relationship with their bridegroom to serve another god. And so ultimately, Messiah love for his bride and his faithfulness to the marriage covenant and to the marriage vows, he's going to want his bride to repent and return to him. He wants to see restoration and reconciliation of the relationship. So there has to be a separation from the other gods that she went after. So there's going to have to be a separation from Pharaoh and Egypt. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says, It came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when we go after other gods, when we depart from the Torah, we are going to come under bondage, and we're going to be treated with cruelty and with oppression when we depart from the Torah. And so ultimately then Yeshua wants to redeem his bride. So he's going to have to redeem her. He's going to have to purchase her back. And so in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, that these words are written that Yeshua commanded Moses to tell the children of Israel, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. 
I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. So we're going to now see where we have the phrase, I will take you to for me to be a people. That word take is the Strong's number 3947. It's the Hebrew word makak. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.